computer. Make sure when you hit record, you tell everybody that there was 20 minutes or more of pure gold that they don't get to hear because you forgot to hit record. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard it. There's 20 minutes of pure gold that you just missed out <laughs> on because I forgot to hit record. Uh, welcome to No More Conversations. Got my good buddy Aaron, my good buddy John, and we are spitting spitting facts here uh I'm, I'm excited thanks for joining guys but john let's jump right back into this i don't want to take us too much far off the beaten path of where we right. come from i want to continue on this stream of consciousness that we've all that we're all having so please okay. continue with your question well the the question was to return to the question i i've kept on posing to you right about what is enough what exactly how how do we establish how how do we come to any kind of conclusion about what is enough and 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 the entire question about what is enough has it 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 really speaks to the issue of balance in life right and so when when we're all sped up and yeah it's like everyone i mean it's like society is constantly pushing for more and more and more all the time it's always more doing more being more more productive all the, at some point um you're going to you are going to um you you are going to lose sight of whatever original intent you had had in whatever activity you were doing if you don't think about what is enough i think and 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 also the whole issue of what is enough in terms of how much money is enough to retire to do this to do that right it, it, it's like and this is a, another idea i've been reflecting on it's like if you win the lottery and all of a sudden you have 20 million dollars put in in front of you can you honestly answer that question what is enough or that is going to change your answer to what is enough if all of a sudden you have 20 million dollars just stacked on your desk right and so so all all of a sudden some event in your life has completely altered quote unquote what is enough and so it's like receiving that 20 million dollars is not the answer in fact it is a distraction it is a distractor with respect to being able to answer honestly that question of what is enough. You, in fact, that, that receiving $20 million is going to take you so far away from, from being able to answer that question honestly. <laughs> you will no longer be a spiritual person, probably. <laughs> if, if you get that $20 million and just start consuming and spending like there's no tomorrow, right? And a lot of people will do that. That's why winning the lottery can be completely catastrophic. I, 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 I absolutely believe that now. <laughs> I mm -hmm. really think there's something completely unnatural and catastrophic um, about winning the lottery and then just, um, if you're not incredibly present and you know, one thing to do is maybe give away 90% of it, especially if you don't need the, the money, right? I mean, that's, there are very few people who, who are gonna be present enough to do something like that even even people who are pretty level-headed and um who don't really have any material needs who make plenty of money <laughs> it's going to change them it it odds are it's going to change them so that's why i i keep on asking this i i think it's a really important question being able to answer what is enough and remember according to the buddha and epicurus right it's this desire it's it's um it's what causes human misery so um and um so anyway i'll just throw that out there and i'm curious about responses 
No, I think it's definitely a profound question and I'm glad you're spending time on it because I'm, I'm having more thoughts about what is enough. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, I think if people have $20 million then they're gonna go out and buy a lot of things, you know, and I think that kind of speaks to what everybody wants. People want things. Uh, it kind of speaks to the idea about spiritual materialism when people are just hoping and praying to get more, more, more and more things. And, and to answer the question of how much is enough, I think we're constantly, we've been conditioned to attach the idea of enough to the systems that we've been tied to. So like our financial system, our political system, you know, just, just the, the, the American societal system in general. So when people think of enough, their idea of enough is usually tied to one of those systems. Uh, a social system, a financial system, a political system. It's like, oh, if, and so when they give you an answer of what's enough, it's typically involved, involved in one of those systems. So I think to get to the core of what it means to have enough, we meant we, last time we talked, I said when, when the ego gets involved, but I think uh, you can really start to dissect on how much is enough for you when, when you can start taking those variables out, when you can take the financial system out of what's enough when you can take the political actually though i think you hit the nail on the head it's all about the ego right yeah it's like when you get 20 million dollars just placed in in front of your your ego just goes nuts <laughs> it, it thinks about all the things it might be able to buy it starts to it starts to generate it starts to manufacture new things right and in fact um you could very well end up in debt because you, you want a lifestyle now. You, you, you want a corporate jet. Of course, if you're just living your normal life, you're not think, no one's thinking about a corporate jet. But when you have $20 million, it becomes a feasibility. John, I, it, it I think about fun. corporate jets all the time. And I don't make anything close to that yet. But I definitely <laughs> want jet money. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I, I think to the point you're making, though, man, somebody once said to me, if you achieve wealth and success before enlightenment, you're either going to be extremely miserable or you're going to piss it all away. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And somebody told me that a few years ago, and I'm a pretty ambitious person, and I do think I'm going to be wildly successful, but it set me on a totally different path in how I think about money. Financial freedom is my goal, but to the question and point you're asking, what is enough? What does financial freedom look like for me versus the next person versus the next person? Mm -hmm. And I also well, find it fascinating how many billionaires end up giving away 90% of their money in old age because they're like, I've got plenty. I've done everything. I can do anything. So why not yeah. give it all away now? And some of those like Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, they've made more money than they'll ever be able to spend <laughs> in multiple lifetimes probably. So it's like, but so, so what, so, so Aaron, what does financial freedom look like for you? That seems to be a goal for you. So, so what is financial freedom for you? Um, I'm still figuring out what exactly that means, but mm -hmm. I know that it certainly means generational wealth. And I don't mean handing over a hundred million dollars to my kids. Mm -hmm. um, to kind of give an example, of just how I'm thinking about it. One of my friends used to work for a billionaire and he was doing succession planning with his money and how he was doing it was he was skipping a generation. So he's not giving shit to his kids, mm -hmm. but his grandkids are taken care of, but he gets to tell his kids, Hey, you don't have to worry about taking care of your kids. Your kids are taken care of. Now you take care mm -hmm. of your own life. Right. And you every, go figure out something to do. 
Exactly. <laughs> right. But it's skipping a generation. So it's always incentivizing one generation to have to work. You got to be right. able to do something. Um, mm -hmm. Financial freedom for me, I think it basically means not ever having to worry about spending money. Meaning like if I want to do something, I could spend that money and I don't have to sit here in my head and calculate. I don't have to check my bank account. None of that shit. It means that I can do what I want when I want. And I've met enough billionaires now to know that there is a certain effortlessness that they tend to sort of exude. Mm -hmm. I want that. And I don't know whether that comes with a number in the bank or some other achievement, but I mm -hmm. want that effortlessness. Like I don't need to worry about money anymore. My goal okay. in making money is not about pussy and drinking, excuse my mouth, but you know, it's not about going to Vegas and getting a bunch of hookers. It's mm -hmm. if I'm going to make all of this money, what can I do with it? And a big thing for me is education. I had an awful education as a child and Tennessee school systems suck. Mm -hmm. I want to create my own school systems, but I know that takes a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So at least in part for me, financial freedom means all of my wants and needs are taken care of. And that's kind of just pushed aside. And then mm -hmm. it's also having enough money to be able to fund the things that I believe in and mm -hmm. finding new ways to give back to the world. Do you know what all of those wants and needs are? Mm, yeah, I've got lists. <laughs> you want to make a buttload of money. <laughs> oh yeah. I want to make a lot of money. I remember Michael asked me that we were in London and he was like, mm -hmm. so how much he actually, I think he asked me like, what is enough or how much money or this, that. And I was like, bro, I have a fucking spreadsheet of like $250 million worth of real estate. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that would cash flow me X amount. Like I have those things. Cause I know that those things can exist, but I'm not, I wouldn't want to do that to like, like, hold on, let me give you an example. I was, I was in England, uh, not with Conley, another time, and I was watching a show about Great Britain's most wealthy people. And it was mm -hmm. a show about all the dumbass shit they spend their money on. Mm -hmm. Gold toilets with diamond encrusted toilet lids, like just mm -hmm. stupid ass shit. Mm -hmm. I have no interest in anything like that. Mm -hmm. All of those things, it's just, you know, that's the ego you're feeding your ego. I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but I guess I say all that to say like, I do have a lot of ambition. I do want a lot of things, but it's not like, it's not cars. It's not women. It's not jewelry. It's none of those things. I'd rather be able to take that money and put it towards something that can actually make an impact. Like I wouldn't donate money to universities because I think universities screw people all the time, but mm -hmm. I would donate money to a university that really needed it. I would donate money to school systems and to other things that really need it but I'm not going to give it to the ones who already have it figured out who don't need my money. Mm -hmm. So that's an admirable, admirable uh, goal or those, those are admirable goals, but there's this, that effortless that you're speaking about that these billionaires have, how they carry themselves and how they speak. And there, I, I, I've seen it before. There's a certain effortlessness that they, that they have, but I think it can be, I think that effortlessness, is attainable without the money. I, I think it's easier. It's probably easier when you have the term, there's a term they call it when you, when you have the fuck you money, you know, when you <laughs> really don't have to care about anyone's opinion or anything, it, it makes it easier to have that effortlessness. But I think you can capture that essence without the money. And I, I agree. think it's, and I, and I think having that in your toolkit before, uh, 
before getting that that wealth or that success is probably just just only going to propel you further and, 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 and farther and greater. I think at least part of it has to do with loving yourself. Because when you think about the people who kind of overdo life, a lot of things can be tied back to like traumatic childhood or they have low self-worth or self-esteem and so on and so forth. If you truly love yourself, none of that shit matters. Well, what does it if mean you're... to love yourself? I don't know I can answer that question. John, you want to take a stab, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, what was about, Michael, what was, what was the question one more time? The question was, uh, well, Aaron, Aaron made the point about like that you have to, to love yourself to carry yourself mm -hmm. effortlessness. And I mm -hmm. said, well, what does it mean to love yourself? Right. <laughs> good. <laughs> very, very good question. Well, I think, and so part of this, then now I'm going to ask Aaron another question, which is re related to this. So, um, you want to make tons of money and you don't care what it is you do as long as you make tons of money? Mm, no, not necessarily. And I think that's part of why I'm in the life situation that I'm in. I'm having a midlife crisis at 33 mm -hmm. because I've been on a track to just continue to make more money. And I know that if I just go double down, I'll make tons of it, mm -hmm. but I don't want to turn into a walking transaction. I don't want to turn into somebody who's constantly thinking about money, who's constantly thinking about how to squeeze out more, more productivity, more growth, more this, more that. The more I do yoga, the more I meditate, and the more I slow down, the more I'm totally okay with kind of just living in the moment. And it has taken me until now to kind of realize that. Like I lost my job back in October and it, it's not the first job I've lost. I've lost multiple jobs. So it didn't really register. Like it didn't upset me or anything in the moment. But after the fact, it's just like, okay, clearly I need to sit down and rethink what the hell I'm doing. And one of my buddies said, he's like, bro, the universe has been fucking screaming at you for years to go do something else. But you keep on this path of going money, 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 money. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the answers for what I'm supposed to be doing. I tend to believe that these types of podcasts you know, these conversations, they're going to get me a little closer, but I t I'll tell you guys, I do feel like it's like right there, whatever it is I'm supposed to be doing or become it's right there. I just like, there's something that's stopping me. Can't figure out what the fuck it is. <laughs> well, no, I, it, it does sound like that that is actually true, but I think that, um, I think you really do need to ask the question, what is enough and what is balance, right? So you mm -hmm. are not in balance, clearly. And so, and so when, when that happens, I think bad things occur. <laughs> Absolutely bad things occur. And so, um, but did you lose your job mainly because of, I mean, the bizarre situation we're in now because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? No. no. If I'm, if I would be just a hundred percent honest, and I don't even mind being dishonest, I've never <laughs> taken a job seriously. Okay. I've always been good at my job. I've always been good at things. I've always been usually better than other people at doing things. Mm -hmm. I just, I haven't, I don't care. You know, waking well, up and, and going to work for somebody every day does not do it for me. Exactly. At all. Well, it, it doesn't do it for me either. But, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but the th thing is that I'll tell you something I do care about. I do care about music. And mm. what are some tests, self-tests 
um, a there's there's a kind of naturalness. I mean, uh, um, um, I just see things, right? I, I mean, it's it's very intuitive. I, it's not even something I have to work at. Um, I, I mean, I have to work at it at times, but I but the miraculous thing is, um, I'll, I'll work very hard at something, and then all of a sudden, everything clicks together, and I can now play what it is I was striving to learn. And the thing is that, um, and I, I see things in some of the very complex music that I try to interpret, in particular, for instance, with Bach, but not just with Bach. And, um, and I go really deep and I go really far. And when I teach, um, if I see aptitude in a student, I push them hard. And I do this not to be a jerk or just to go into it. It's because, it, it's because I actually care about the music and that I respect the music and that it, I believe that it deserves that kind of respect and attention. So um, this has nothing to do about going into work every day. This has to do with just loving something and caring about something. So that's a, that's a really good test, I think, um, to see whether or not you're doing what it is you should be doing. And if you don't take your, your job or your work Seriously, it's because the work is not meaningful to you at all. At all. And so you need to do something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and that's so, where I'm at. Seriously. Yes. You know, I've been in sales for 15 years and now I'm like, I'm not going back. Right. Like, I just, I can't do it. I'm not going to deal with uh, the pressure of it or uh, unrealistic expectations or executives getting in your face and getting pissy and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, nah, you know what, man, I'm not built for this and you don't pay enough. Like, right. you know, the more money they pay you, the more they want to abuse you. Exactly. Exactly. I strongly suspect Michael wants to get out of sales too, but he will, we'll, we'll cross that bridge later when he really gets sick of what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know that he wants to get out of it. I just don't think he's gotten bored with it yet. He's too fucking right. dope at it. Like he hit some milestones within a three year period that took me a hell of a lot longer to do. And <laughs> I'm I mean, sure he's really good at it. He's really yeah. good at it. But, but I do think that he's, He's not fully utilizing He's destined that. for something greater. That is I absolutely so. sure. 100%. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't know what that thing is. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. He's a perfectionist. He'll literally, it doesn't matter what he does. He'll be good at it, but he hasn't found his right. thing. Other than, I actually, you know, this, this podcast, I mean, he said to me, he's like, I just do it because it makes me happy. And I that's like a it. clue. That's yeah, a clue. That's a huge clue. Yes. Yeah, I think it, I think it is a huge clue, you know, because you even, you know, even when you do things that, you know, that excite you, you get to a point where you question it. It's like, ah, is it really generating what I want it to generate? And I think that's where you run into the problem where you're asking the wrong question. You shouldn't be looking for it to generate something other than a sense of fulfillment um, out, of, right. out, of, out of self. That should be the, literally the only reason that you do anything and probably why the most successful people uh get to be successful is because they just get that internal <laughs> sense of uh peace and joy from that activity that they're engaging in um, exactly and so to 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 aaron's question is a, is the personal legend just one thing for me absolutely not because for instance i enjoy these podcasts too i enjoy these conversations yeah. <laughs> it's not music this is not music and yet i adore music as well right but they're mm. it, it there are multiple things that I enjoy, but, but I enjoy conversation and, and I yep. enjoy ideas and I enjoy exploring these ideas. And that, that's a huge clue too. 
and I haven't quite figured out what to do with it. Although I've been seeing, I've been being hit in the head with multiple clues too. And the clues have to do with how I deal with my students, right? Um, because the ones that I enjoy most are ones where I ultimately do engage in some kind of philosophical discussion of some sort, even though I'm supposed to be teaching music and I am teaching music, but we, we go further than that. And so, um, so John, so, to that yeah. point, man, I think you're actually kind of identifying some clues for me and just in how you were just talking about that intimate conversations are my thing. I literally mm -hmm. texted that to somebody just a couple of days ago. Well, I that's think like, that's, that's true of all three of us actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, I've, I've been trying to figure out what that really means. I mean, Mike's always pushing me in so many different ways. Like, Oh, you could do this. You could do that. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. no, but, but, um, but I think so also figuring out that which you don't want to do and that which you hate that's very important too very yeah. important so you know you dislike sales so the the last thing you want to do now that you've actually learned that is to go back to it you, you don't want to do that that would be that would be trump like <laughs> mm -hmm. so so but the but but people often do this because it's scary to now be confronted with this huge void or what appears to be a void, right? And it, cause you don't know what, you don't know where to go or, or, or what to do. It's, it's, it's kind of like almost a black hole, but it's not a black hole because you have these clues. Like for instance, intimate conversations, that's your thing. Okay. So you have clues. I mean, what's not clear is what to do with it, but that's where you, you you have to do the trial and error and experimentation thing. And you also have to be really comfortable with being not comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> because if you can't handle being uncomfortable, and what I really mean by that is not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not comfortable with not knowing, then you're doomed because you're never going to take any chances. You're never going to, um, you're, you're never going to go off the beaten path because it's too scary. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't go off the beaten path, you're never going to figure out that, which it is you were supposed to do. And so, so you have, there has to be this element of, of just literally casting your fate to the wind. You have to be willing to do that. Not reckless, not completely recklessly, but that element has to be there. I believe the um, and, Christians call that let go and let God. Uh, you, whatever, what, <laughs> what, whatever you want to call it is fine with me. No, no, just that's not what I call it. That's what the Christians call it. I just, I understand. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> All right. But uh, what do you think about what I just said, Michael? Um, hmm. Yes, you have to get to this place of, of uh, being uncomfortable in that. And I think the key is where you can really grow when you're uncomfortable, because there is no growth without discomfort. There's zero growth without some type of discomfort. And I think you can get more out of that uncomfortable experience if you can carry that essence of effortlessness that we spoke about earlier. You know, that being, oh, being, but being present. Hold that thought. I have to interject this one thing. What? Because it has to what do with, with the what? What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. No, because it, 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 it has to do with 
the other thing that we're always talking about, reason versus intuition, right? And so let, let me elaborate on why intuition ultimately is where you, is where you need to put your uh, money, so, so, so to speak, because reason can only operate on things that, that are knowable, that you know, right? And so that's why reason is very secure. The intuition is what deals with that which you don't know. It's what you sense. It's, it's a suggestion. It operates on clues because that's all it can do because you're sort of dealing with the unknown. And so, um, so the only, and, and, and this ultimately is Nietzsche, right? I mean, Nietzsche basically is saying that the only way to go forward is, is, is not through reason, but through, through intuition. It was one of his core arguments, and I think he's correct on that. So, and this has to do with finding your personal legend and all this stuff that we've been talking about. It's your, you need to be able to, and, and, and dialing into the intuition is, it's Epicurean in, in the end, in terms of the methodology. It is stillness. It's being able to listen. It's being able to notice and to see all those things that occur when you're silent, when you're, um, when, when you're, when you're meditating. So you got to have more of these conversations, John, you're a hell of a lot smarter than me and a lot more well-read <laughs> and uh, I'm going to need to borrow some more of your time and intellect well, in the future. Jesus. Thank you. But, but without you too, <laughs> I, I would have never put all this together. Actually, mm. it would, it would just be in the back of my mind. Actually, this actually helped not just, only just holding it, it back work. there for a rainy day. <laughs> well, no, well, no, but these are things that I'm trying to piece together and it's just talking about, Talking to both of you simultaneously has actually um, helped me piece all these things together. I think these are all in, interrelated issues, I think. I and think so, yeah. but. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, no, I, 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 com I completely agree. And that's the, the thing about like intuition and sometimes where I, I take issue is where I have a hard time accepting where people are like, listen to your heart. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, I think they're, they're all parts of the brain, but that's, that's, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, you, you're, you're absolutely right. You kind of have to operate on clues and like, I think you can get more in touch with what your intuition is telling you the closer to stillness that you can get and, and, and getting closer to stillness. It's, it's, it's hard. You know, it takes meditation. It takes doing those things. That Aaron mentioned, like stretching, doing those things that you know that, mm -hmm. that are good for the mind, the body, and the spirit. You know, right. like really cutting out all of the distractions. Uh, for me, I've noticed more clarity just like by eating super clean at the beginning of this year and taking out like even the, the I've, I've usually eat pretty clean, but like really focusing on even the, the little things in my diet. I was like, okay, that doesn't benefit me. It's a distraction. I want it, but I don't need it. Okay, I'm not going to have it during this time. And I have uh, better, better clarity and, 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 you know, and better, I guess, able to listen to my intuition a little better, just being a little, being a little slower. And that is the, that is, that's the difficult part to do because the system that we operate in, everything that we're out is usually part of some type of system that wants us to speed up. It wants us to go faster. The system demands right. the answers now. It demands things now. And if you can get to a place of stillness, knowing that you have just a little more time than you thought you did, uh, reacting a little slower to things. It helps you create better decisions, you know, paying attention to that feeling that rises up when you get anxious. 
an anxious right. well, doesn't have to when, be a bad thing. It could be right. it could be a good thing. It could be a good anxious, but just paying attention to that feeling that's like, okay, it's taking me away from stillness. Like, mm -hmm. let me do what I can to get back as close as possible to that essence of stillness to make the best possible decision in this moment. Right. And and it's not just that. It gives you the wherewithal to resist. Yes. To resist all those impulses, right? Or all those demands that others other institutions, other people are, are making on you, right? And those demands aren't necessarily in your own best interest. And so the only way I think to be able to effectively resist is to become aware. And the only way to become aware of all those demands and issues is by stepping back and just saying, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not something I wanna do. It's something you want me to do. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, and, that thing that you want me to do, is it really beneficial, right? It's like to take that moment to just stop and pause and, and really think through things. It's like, yeah, it's like that gives you the ability to just say, to, to just say no sometimes. Cause very often it is really necessary to just say no. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, so yeah, that's one of the benefits of, me of meditation, of just slowing down, of writing, you know, all those things. Have you read the book? There's a book I'd love to know if you've read, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Do Dis Joe Dispenza. Have not read, it sounds great. <laughs> no, it's, it, well, I bring it up because you've mentioned manifestation a few times and a few other things essentially. And then Mike, you were just talking about like, oh, people say like, trust your heart. So one of the things that that book talks about is Everything has a vibration, everything has a frequency, right? So if you have a thought that has a vibration, has a frequency, and when you have a feeling, thoughts are from your brain, feelings are from your body. And the reason that you cannot manifest is because those two things are at, in, at odds with each other. And the only time you can manifest is when you think and you feel together. You have co cohesive thoughts and feelings that allow you to be able to manifest. And the, the example he uses is, he's like, think about, something in your brain that you know, you just know it to be true. You know, you're going to do it. You know, there's just nothing that can convince you otherwise. But then after you start thinking about it for a while, your body starts to with all the negative talk. Uh, I don't know. And you know, what about this? And what about that? And because of that, it literally destroys your manifestation process. Well, and now here's another question for you. Can you consciously, does it, does the process of manifestation work as the result of conscious effort or does it come about through something different? I think it's through conscious effort. If you read that guy's book, it's the first two thirds of it is, is like, let me explain the science and then how mm -hmm. to apply the science. And then the third, the last third is about a specific meditation technique to mm -hmm. prime your body and your mind to be able to manifest the things that you want. Cause he's basically saying mm -hmm. the reason you cannot achieve is because you are using the old you to try to get new things that you've never gotten before. You have to put yourself in that new person. You can't use the wiring of the old person. It's teaching you how to rewire your brain, which is Maybe. why he's saying you have to break the habit of being your old mm -hmm. self. But what do you think about improvisation? Meaning that, um, so you may think you want this, but, um, it could be that the timing is wrong or it could be that 
you actually don't want to do it, but you think you want to do it. <laughs> and so all those things could be at play also, right? And, and, and so I find... But perhaps that's your intuition, right? Your logic tells you you can do something, but your intuition says, nah, bro, this ain't for you. Right, 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 right. And so, um, and that could also be why things don't manifest. I've been manifesting some crazy things and I'm not trying. <laughs> I literally am not. I'm not, uh, um, I'm not pushing my, I find if I push too hard, things blow up. So I don't. Yeah, yeah for sure. But I think the whole point, and then another point that guy makes in that book is, you know, if you, you have the thought, you manifest it through letting go of how it's going to come to be. That's, that's not about key. forcing it. Right. It's about right, being right. like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how I get there. Mm -hmm. I just want this thing. And then I agree. you let go of all the bullshit that would convince you or, or talk you out of doing it, so to speak. Right, right. And then things start to happen. I totally, I totally agree with that because I mm -hmm. think that, and, and that's how, and, but the things occur in ways that you can't even begin to, mm -hmm. begin to imagine. And so it, it's only when you let go that you can then allow these crazy things to, to occur some, sometimes. And, and um, yeah. And that's how you actually manifest very positive things, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, going back to what Conley was saying just a minute ago, um, you know, talking about like eating clean and things like that. I think the more you get in tune with those sorts of things, just the clearer the signal is to be able to manifest. So, I, you know, I don't know if, Mike, have you shared with him the things that you've given up this year, but today marks two weeks of no weed, no alcohol, no sugar, no sexual stimulation. And I'm giving it up for the next two months. And wow. the reason that I'm doing that and I do it and have done it for the last two years mm -hmm. is I wanted to prove to myself that nothing controls me but me. I nothing. thought weed, but I thought weed helps your... It does. No, it, it 100% does. But mm -hmm. I got to a point where I was overusing it and it was distracting me from being able to get some other things done. I'm two weeks past it now. And I honestly think... I am, I think this time is different. It feels like I'm changing the relationship permanently. I'm trying to get to a point where weed is like a glass of wine that can be indulged every once in a while to take the edge off or to just relax, but not something that I need to cope with life. I honestly think I was using it because the last six years have dealt me more life events than at any other point in my life. And it's the only thing that's kind of helped me cope with that. But then I started to realize that coping mechanism uh, or coping activity was a crutch and has been a crutch. Um, no, and you, you, seem you seem different to me also now nice. than you were last year. Completely different. Nice. nice. And, I like to hear that. <laughs> and not only that, but your, your speech, your, your, your manner of speaking, one thing that I mentioned to both of you, I think, was that you seem segmented. Everything yeah, I have like a cadence second. to the way I speak. Mm -hmm. That was that was last year, and that's and that's why I you know had that guess that you might have been on the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but but speaking to you now, I mean, it could be filtered through this Zoom medium. I, I have no idea, but you your manner of speaking is completely different than it was last it's, year. 
it's more fluid, but I honestly think it's because I did yoga today and I meditated a that, bunch. I that, mean, I think if I hadn't have done those things, you might have, you might be tapping into who I was last year a little <laughs> more. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Even though I've cut all these things out and I feel great, I really feel amazing. Mm -hmm. I still get frustrated. I still snap at people. This lady cut me off today and I just, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I was like, no. I'm not going to do that. And I was able to bring myself back down, but I think I'm only able to do that because I'm not putting things in my body that are distracting me. Well, I'm not eating good. sugar. I'm not, you know, consuming a bunch of stupid TV or anything like that. I'm right. really focused on getting my shit together on like a real, real level. That's good. So are you currently looking for a new direction in life slash work? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I see. You know, one of the things that we were talking about earlier, some of the clues, one of the two of the happiest times in my life were coaching high school basketball. I was a volunteer assistant coach. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then also I did some economic development work, just like local community stuff, like trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to like drive economic development um, within a community. Mm -hmm. I really liked doing that. It allowed me to meet people on a local level, on a more intimate level, connect people, and to use a lot of the skill sets that I have in mm -hmm. order to actually make things possible. And I didn't get into it that deep, but I tend to believe that that might be the direction I'm supposed to head in. I was just about way. to. I was Go just ahead. about to ask you, why don't you do that again? <laughs> yeah, well, I just I just moved to Dallas in in October and then I lost my job. So now like I'm really trying to figure out all of these things. Um, but I tend to believe that's probably where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be helping kids. I'm supposed to be helping people understand things, um, you know, connecting people and so on. Oh, I think you'd be a lot happier. I, I, I think you would be very happy doing so, something like that. So I think you should pursue that. I mean, it could be in Dallas. It could be in Memphis, I guess. I mean, no, you... no, 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 no. I will never go back to Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis. I was in South Carolina okay. before, but I okay. will never go back to Memphis. Back to Memphis. Okay. That place is it... not for me. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you much prefer Dallas then? Yeah, Dallas is cool. I think that Texas and Dallas specifically is closer to what home is. Mm -hmm. And I'm, what I mean by that is, I don't know, I don't, I haven't found home yet. Mm -hmm. I even said that about South Carolina. I was like, yeah, this place is great, but it's mm -hmm. still not that for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know where home is. Hmm. I haven't found it yet. Right. Well, keep looking. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think also some you said earlier about like being comfortable with not knowing. That's actually something that I tend to talk about, like with religion and uh, divinity and all of those sorts of things. And part of the, mm -hmm what frustrates me about humans is everybody's seeking the truth. And I get so sick of hearing Christians say, oh, I just want the truth. And I'm like, nah, you're never going to find it, dude. Like, that's right. not the point. It's not right. finding the truth. It's mm -hmm. living whatever truth you think you're supposed right. to be living, I guess. But and I am and totally actually, comfortable not knowing like right. what I it is. That, I think that they're actually not interested in truth. They want certitude. That's yes. what they want. They want certainty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm totally, and that's why I tell them, I'm like, guys, like, I'm not here to tell you what you're thinking is wrong, but I'm telling you that I am totally okay with not knowing and not mm -hmm. understanding how complex all of this is. Right. But I think a lot of people can't handle that. I had exactly. one woman tell me she was like, I'd have a fucking mental breakdown if I adopted that 
mindset. And I was like, really? <laughs> and they're going to have problems for the rest of their lives. I think. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Let me, let me yeah. interject for a moment. Um, Aaron, you said you, you feel like you haven't found home yet. And I don't think home for you is, is a geographic location. I, yep. I, I think wherever you're at, when you get this inner sense of peace is where you're going to feel like you're home. And I think you're getting mm-hmm. closer to that now. Um, as you said, you know, you're, you're just evolving and you're, you're doing these things to put your, put that inner voice at, at a little more peace, you know, um, and, and things are going to align a little better and you seem a little more relaxed. And, and I think, you know, whenever you get to that place, then home can be wherever you're at in that moment. So mm-hmm. whether it be Texas or Colorado or California or wherever, yeah, I, I think that's where home starts. Cause I, I have, I know somebody who said that same thing. They, they said they feel like they need to, they need to be in new Orleans. And I was like, Oh, and they, and they live in Austin now. I was like, I don't know if it's, if it's new Orleans for you. Cause you used to think Austin was dope. And she admitted it. She's like, yeah, it got kind of lame after, after her friends moved away. And I was like, okay, well, it's not the place that it's, it's these relationships that you had. So you'll just have to put more effort into finding more of those relationships. And that's, that's what I've been finding as well is that like, you have to, when you, when you really want to be, when you want certain types of relationships, when you want to be around certain types of people, some of them will kind of gravitate to you, but the more specific you get, the more effort you're going to have to put into seeking those types of people and those types of environments to, to, to get that sense of peace. No, I I agree with that. And I think that's part of some of my struggles now. Like I've been thinking about lately, like I've been kind of lonely. Like I live by myself for the first time in my entire adult life. You know, I've, I've been helping take care of my mom and you know, I was married before that and so on and so forth. I've just always had somebody around and this is the first time I've been able to kind of relax. But now it has me thinking like, holy shit, you don't have, like, I have a ton of relationships. I have, you know, you guys and, and other people, but they're scattered across the country. I don't have those people here in my, like with immediate access to them. Um, and I do think that that's something, I think that that will give me a sense of peacefulness. Like I don't have a friend group. I don't have the people who hit me up and say, Hey man, we're going to go watch this game. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. I don't have those people. And largely when I hit people up, sometimes I feel like I'm a third wheel or I just feel like I'm pushing into a friend group I don't belong to. Then the other side of that is sometimes when I do get invited to things, I get really underwhelmed by people <laughs> and the things that they talk about, the things that they think about. And it's just, I, I kind of get disgusted with how fake people are. And in my own quest to just try to be real, trying to be my most authentic self, I just realize more and more how other people are not comfortable being that way. And it's a big turnoff for me. I'm like, Oh, you're fake. (laughs) You want everybody to like you so on and so forth. And then I kind of just check out and then I end up sitting at home alone by myself. And I'm also learning that a lot of people are not, they're not comfortable with being vulnerable and having real conversation. Like I don't care what you watched on TV I don't care about what, you know, oh, I got this bullshit going on at work. Dude, tell me something real. Tell me about something that moved you, something that you read. Tell me something that like touched you in a way that you you haven't been able to explain to anybody. No one talks like that. And it's really sad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's rare. That's, that's actually not easy to find. Right. Mm -hmm. So, 
so you, you have to keep looking and you have to you have to be um you have to be persistent <laughs> and those people go ahead oh I, I was just gonna i was just gonna say i think um i think what you're seeking is something that absolutely everyone wants mm -hmm. i think everyone wants it but everyone but most people struggle with trying to get there because when you get in these 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 groups of people we have these comfortable conversations on what goes on in the daily life where our favorite restaurants what movies we're watching what came on netflix those are the comfortable conversations but i think everyone craves something deeper but they don't know how people other people are going to receive them if they say their real thoughts if they take if they they mention that subject or they don't know if uh or their thoughts that they 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 really want to engage in and want to have a conversation about, but they've never had them in a group of people, so that makes them uncomfortable. It might be something that they have a thought for the first time. Not everybody's comfortable with speaking out loud, thinking out loud. Rather, yeah, that's true. Not everyone's comfortable thinking. They want to take those thoughts back and and dissect them to make sure they're true to them first. But I think it's something that everybody craves. I think you know the the movies, the 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 casual non-versations uh there those are things that um that allow you to maintain relationships but they don't allow you to build the relationship they don't allow you to go deeper into yourself but everybody wants that they just struggle with how to get there or if everyone or if everyone around them if they're going to reject them for having the taking the conversation there but i think everyone absolutely wants that and i think i think everybody wants connection I but think everybody wants deeper connection. I think everybody wants right. deeper connection. Right. But what that looks like and what that um what that actually turns out to be is going to be different for different people, I think. Mm -hmm. So I don't think everyone necessarily has to have or or will get a sense of connection from a deep conversation, for instance, or a philosophical conversation. I think they, they might will. find I think they will. I'm not convinced of that. You think they will or you think they can? I think they, I think they will. I think they will. You just have to find, number one, what they're interested in. And it has to be the right setting. And you have to be the right person for them to have that conversation. True that. Yeah. The yeah. variables have to be right. Yes. That's right. That's right. But and, everybody wants it. But more often than not, it's like... Um, you're not going to be that right person for everyone, right? That's just not possible. Correct. Mm -hmm. So, and most people may not be the right person for you. So it's a matter of just, yeah. <clears throat> I think you're right, Michael, in that everybody craves it, but different people have different needs and will connect with other different people. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line, I think. So. Yes. And when it comes to circling back a little bit to the idea about manifesting and making sure you're in alignment to get it, what it is that you want. I have these thoughts about like how much the universe really cares about the things that we're putting effort into. It's like, I, I, I you know, going back to the, the little figment thing in the movie, uh, souls, like you people and your purposes and passions. It's like the universe. I don't know if the universe really cares about those things because usually the things that we want, were made possible by systems that people have created. They weren't thing, they're not organic things. They're, they're, they're things that we've created to give our lives value. 
but but I, I still can't let go of this idea that everyone has a singular purpose, and that purpose is human connection. And you know, we create things to 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 be the vessel for that human connection. But you have to, I think, everyone's singular singular purpose is human connection, and it, you have to be able to get there. That's just a random thought that I had about what the good one cares about. Hmm. I'm thinking about that. So two things, Michael, you've got me thinking about. One is that. And uh, what was the first thing we started, you, you, you mentioned tonight? It really got me thinking about something. Um, the what? The first thing that I mentioned? Yes. Name, name some things that you were pointing out at the outset of the conversation, before you started recording. Uh, before I started recording <laughs> uh, well, you and, you and Aaron were chatting. Um, uh, we were having a really good conversation before we started recording. Um, yeah, I know. Um, uh, it'll come. It'll, don't it'll force come. it. Yeah, don't force <laughs> it. It'll come. Um, I think it was, uh, well, well, no, because we were talking about, because, okay, we, when we started recording, we were on the point of how much is enough. Right. And so before that, uh, I guess about, we were talking about like how much money is enough. And, and I think we were talking about the movie Soul. We were talking about the movie Soul for a minute. That's right. Fashions and purposes. Um, we're talking about the alchemist, I think a little bit. Personal legend, right? Personal legend. Darn, Michael. <laughs> I forgot. I was going, I'm going to remember that and I'm going to think about, oh no, no. It was something, I, I responded, I'm going to think about that. Aaron also liked the point too. Mm. Do you remember what it was? No, unfortunately, I have one of those yes. brains in these kinds of conversations <laughs> where like, I'm like present in what we're talking about. And <laughs> some of those past right. things are kind of like, and they're, they're swirling around in the back here. Mm -hmm. But I think it was related to the point that you just made, Michael, about your hypothesis that everybody wants connection. And, and that's not a hypothesis. I think you're, I think that's just true. Everybody wants connection. Mm -hmm. But, um, and so, oh, that's right. No, that is the point that, that you brought up. It's just, this is a different gloss on the whole issue of connection. You're basically saying everybody wants it, but you had asserted that that is the personal legend. It's ah, yes. connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think, I'm not I think sure. everybody's personal legend is connection. Continue, John. Right, well, I think it's a little more than that because it, it, it's, um, I think manifesting truly man manifesting the personal legend has to do with connecting and it it has to do with connecting your unique skill set and and just things that you enjoy doing with helping others and i think it's in the helping others that you form those connections so yes. so in that respect i agree with, but it's i would elaborate it the way i just elaborated 
that that it it's not just connection there are other things involved in and this is the other question that i i i i always love to ask is the personal legend discovered or is it created and i think we've talked about this before right about the it has to do with the best self we've always talked about the best self michael right and that yep. there's there's a difference between the authentic self and the best self yeah and our conclusion was that the best self is created and that's another i think the best self is created but at the same time i've been playing with the words of the difference between creating and discovering and what if there is absolutely no such thing as creation like what if we're not allowed to create what if humans creating is not our is not our bag the only thing we do is discover things that were already there in the first place we're discovering our best self we're discovering right well discovering mm -hmm. aspects of how to put music together or how to connect with people or how to build the things that we want those things were always mm -hmm. there you know i guess there's some science out there that says that like the particles that make each individual up have existed since the beginning of time and they're just now coming together and then they'll right well emerge. well i think that um you know discovering something new that that may not you know truly new and original in the world probably unlikely but possible but i don't think I, that that question actually doesn't interest me as long as it's something that you don't know and that you have and that you right. start to work on trying to discover and explore for yourself that's the only thing that matters i think right. and so um i actually think the the personal legend is both it is it is discovered and it is created and at the I, same time i think it's both i i'll agree with that i'll agree with that that it, that it is both and at the same time, I'm still wondering, I don't know if there is, if there are more variables than the connection part. I, I don't know. I think at its sim, in its simplest form, I think it's only about connection. Well, you could interpret it that way. I choose not to. I don't think it's, I don't think it's useful to just say it's all about connection. That's too general. It's too vague. I, I don't think it helps people. I think it could, um, okay. tell me why. Well, because, well, so the next question is, okay, well, how, how, how do I connect to people? And what does that look like? Well, for you, like you said, you're so passionate well, no, about no, no, like, well, like music, like. No, 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 well, right, right, no, no, no. I know that, I, I know music is a medium. Conversation is a medium for me, but I'm just, I'm just talking about a person that is totally clueless about what they're, what they're doing in life and you mm -hmm. tell them oh well your personal legend and your your, your purpose is just about connecting mm -hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna immediately ask well how do i connect and what's your answer going to be see i if you just tell them connection you're not going to help them i think well that's the it's the uh, you have to be it's the entry point to the conversation i mean trying to figure out uh what someone's passion or purpose is is as the movie soul pointed out like what if you choose the wrong mm -hmm. one it's like you you don't know you have to go on that journey for yourself you have to take right. the journey right you have to try things you I, have to fail I agree. things right but see already you're starting to include more than just connection you're, you're starting to talk about trial and error you're talking about a journey you're talking about all those things that are distinct from just connection right so there are many there are multiple elements to the to, to the answer i think <sighs> Well, I think the connection has to be the end point. 
I think connection has to be the endpoint. Because like, yes, you, you go through trial and error, you try all these new things, you engage with these new things. And, but at, when you get comfortable and you find this thing that makes you happy and brings you joy that you're good at, you have to start asking yourself a question. Is it helping you to build the relationships that are in your life or is it diminishing the relationships that are in your life? And I think my video just froze. Mm.